I break bread, ribs, hundred dollar bills, pill on the cotties, another four wheels, write a book full of medicine and generate mills. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 66 of All In with Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, we're going to talk a whole bunch of NFL. Um, we're going to talk about the Odell Beckham saga and who is freed and who is not freed and all of that. Um, I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers being the world's worst teammate. I'm going to talk about other, other uh, assorted NFL topics such as, you know... Um, the MVP outlook, I guess, after week nine. Um, but yeah, first, let's start with Odell. Um, so Odell was finally granted his release. I think that's official as of uh, Monday. This is me recorded on Monday morning. I think that's official as of today. Um, it, there, there, there's, a, there, there's a discourse around this topic that I think isn't necessarily made in good faith. Because... Like most things sports-related, when you're pitting one side against the other, everybody kind of wants to take a side and just not hear anything about the other side. And in this case, you have Baker Mayfield, who nobody really dislikes. I mean, I do, but that that's 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 a topic. Maybe maybe for later in this podcast, but for another podcast. But most people don't really dislike Baker Mayfield, and a lot of people dislike Odell Beckham, and it's been like that for a long time. So. You're going to get a lot of people on the, the Bash Odell train and nobody's really trying to hear his side or the pro Odell side. Look, they both share culpability in this for different reasons. Baker is the type of quarterback he is. He is a rhythm passer. He is a system passer. Like He needs things to be precise. He needs, he needs people to be under P's and Q's. He needs people to be in the right place. <clears throat> Odell is a flashy uh, a flashy route runner. He kind of ju- he gets open in unconventional ways. It's more or less just his job is to get open, he does it, right? Even now when like 2014 Odell's long been dead. Like he's had so many lower body injuries ever since then that it's like like that that's gone. Like the explosiveness, the type of explosiveness he had is gone. The type of contested catchability he had is gone. The yak ability for the most part, is gone. Like, he's just not that guy. He's a regular good receiver instead of, you know, generational a generational talent. But he gets open. Like, that is clear. Like, albeit it was stretched out a little bit and kind of, and, and, and kind of uh, embellished. The, the video that um, Odell's father put out is kind of, um, or excuse me, reshared, rather, it's kind of embellished because you know they're kind of playing the same the same routes over and over. Now it's still more than enough to be an indictment on Baker, but the point remains. Like it didn't really need to be twelve minutes to make that point. But the point is Odell gets open. Now also uh, about Odell's father sharing that video, um, there are so many people who think that Odell's father actually put that video together, which is hilarious to me. That they think a fifty plus year old uh, a fifty plus year old father is sitting there cutting up all 22 and making film of of his boy. Like, I, I don't understand why people think he made the video. Now, you have people asking for Odell, well, before he got released, they were asking for Odell to apologize to Baker Mayfield because his father released the video. And I'm just like, why would he do that? Like, the video told what it told. Why people are concerned about the aftermath of the video as opposed to what's in it is beyond me. Well, I know why, because agendas, but... 
Uh, nobody wants to take Odell's side, but I, I don't understand why he would need to apologize for what his father did. Now, obviously, I think he put his father up to it. I can't call it. I think he did. Because if Odell was this desperate to get out of Cleveland, which it appears he was, and it appears he was plotting to do so for weeks, it makes sense that he'd have his father do that because it was going to make waves, right? And the thing is, people always want these athletes to speak for themselves. And, like, I respect that to a certain degree, and I'm not going to sit here and act like there's no there's no merits to that. But if Odell comes out and says he wants to get traded, he's going to be painted as the bad guy. That's just the facts. We, we can say whatever we want about, oh, well, there's something to be said for going out there and saying it with your chest and all of that shit. And that's fine. But if he goes out there and he says, yo, me and Baker are just not working. Like, I like the guy whatever, but on the field, the on-the-field chemistry is just not there. He's going to be skewered. That's just how it goes. So I, I, I don't blame him for letting his father, quote-unquote, take the bullets. I don't blame him at all. Like, his father was willing to help. I, I don't blame him one bit for having that happen. But, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield is a perfectly good NFL quarterback. Do I think he's great? No. Do I think he's ever going to be great? Probably not. Like, 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 it's four years and we're still talking about him being a system timing guy who needs everything to be precise to succeed. Like, it's four years in and we're still talking about that. Or almost four years in and we're still talking about that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Like, j just in a vacuum, there's nothing wrong with being a rhythm-based timing quarterback. When you take a guy number one overall and you're talking about paying him $45 million a year, those are that's where the problems arise. Because... The people who have been have been running out the quarterback rating when Baker throws to everybody else besides Odell, and that's cool. I understand that there is a disconnect there because Odell is a different type of receiver that Baker than Baker likes, and Baker can't rely on Odell to be in spot X when he's supposed to be in spot X. If he's in spot Y, that's a problem. I understand that and I respect that, but if everything needs to be in structure. And everything needs to be on its P's and Q's for Baker Mayfield to succeed. Then Baker Mayfield is just not that guy. Because that sounds like Kirk Cousins. And yes, Baker Mayfield is better than Kirk Cousins. Please do not... Please don't, don't get me twisted on that. Like, he's better than Kirk Cousins. But if he is a timing-based rhythm quarterback who needs everything in place to succeed, that sounds like Kirk Cousins. That's been the book on Kirk Cousins for a long time. And for a year, Kirk Cousins is fine. For two years, Kirk Cousins is fine. For three, maybe four years, depending on your team context, Kirk Cousins is fine. What isn't fine is when you pay in a Kirk Cousins type a gazillion dollars. And that hurts your ability to load your team around him because, yo, the, the, the reason the Browns are good right now is not fucking Baker Mayfield. Like, it's, it's the rest of the team. It's how loaded the team is. Between the coaching staff, like, the coach, like Kevin Stefanski is excellent. You know, the running backs are great. The offensive line is great. The running game is great. The defense is, like, on paper, it's very good. Like, they've had their ups and downs this year, to be fair. But on paper, it's very good. They're not winning because of Baker Mayfield. And I don't mean that as disrespect. It's just the truth. They're not winning because of Baker Mayfield. So if, if you're going to pay that guy $40, $45 million, like, that seems like, that, that seems like a treadmill to purgatory to me. A fast track to purgatory. You're going to pay him, and then you're going to do what? Because you're going to need to eventually do, be able to do off-script shit to win. And I'm not even talking about, like, the Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen kind of off-script where, where you're going to have to, um, 
where you're gonna have to run to do it. Like not everybody is, is fleet of foot, and not everybody needs to be fleet of foot. Okay, but not everything is going to be clean in the playoffs. Like the type of teams you're gonna have to beat to get to to winning a championship or getting close to winning a championship, you're going to have to be able to do off schedule stuff and improv stuff. That that's just how it works with every every playoffs. You're going to have to be able to do that. That's that's it. Like, and, and I'm, I'm here for being precise. I understand that. Like, that's part of being reliable. Now, Odell is good enough where, even still, Odell is good enough where he doesn't need to be precise to succeed. This is not McCole Hardman. Where, like, McCole Hardman, I don't have any facts on this. This is just me talking after watching him play. Like, you can tell he ain't, he ain't running no precise routes. But he sucks, though. Like, that's the problem. Like, he sucks, though. Even when he gets the ball, he drops it. Like, he makes the most routine task look... Look, look, look like the most difficult things ever. So like, Odell is still good enough where you should be able to make it work. That is an indictment on Baker Mayfield. Whether we want to admit it or not, it's an indictment on Baker Mayfield. Is he going to be fine without Odell? Most likely. Regular season, Baker's not the problem. Like, like yes, they went to Pittsburgh and won the playoffs last year. I mean, we all thought, well, most of us thought Pittsburgh was fraudulent, right? And then Ben Roethlisberger was out here playing catch with the Cleveland Brown um, defenders. I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to really take from that. Against the Chiefs the next week, a very unimposing defense, he put up 200 yards and 40 attempts. Odell didn't play that game. That's all, I, that's all I've been told is that without Odell, he's free. You know what I'm saying? And, and like guys have bad games, I understand that. But we don't give Baker... Like, Baker gets a lot of credit for being the quote-unquote face of Cleveland and the savior, quote-unquote, of Cleveland. To the point where I don't think he is scrutinized the way a normal quarterback would be who's taking number one overall. Like, it's kind of it's kind of like the Stafford playbook, except, like, Baker's probably going to end up having way more success in Cleveland than Stafford in Detroit. But, like, when I would, whenever I would talk about Stafford, it's like, I understand that he's good. I just don't understand how he plays 12 years in one place, makes the playoffs twice... And it's everybody but him that's to blame for it. Like, I kind of feel like public perception and other factors, like, you know, the city that he plays in is playing into what, you know, how we talk about Baker. Because another quarterback, like, if Lamar Jackson has that same exact game, there will be, has, has the league figured out Lamar Jackson pieces written every single day of the offseason up until the regular season starts? That's just the facts. And he was, and, and Lamar was taking, wasn't even taking number one in his draft. Baker Mayfield was. Like, Baker Mayfield's a perfectly fine quarterback. Again, I'm not arguing that. Like, is he that guy? I don't. Th- there's nothing that he showed me that says, yo, he's that guy. Like, and there's nothing that's, there's nothing he showed to be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to pay this guy. Fr- f- um, franchise face, you know, a quarter of my cap or whatever money. There's nothing on, on the film that says that you should do that. He's a perfectly fine rhythm passer. Who is cool? Like you can win a lot of games with Baker Mayfield. Are you winning anything because of Baker Mayfield? No. At least based on what we know so far, no. Can that change? Of course. He's like 26. Of course it could change. But given the kind of passer he is, given the kind of player he is, his archetype, I'm not so sure how it's going to change. Now, experience matters. I understand that too. But like he kind of is what he is. I mean, he's an accurate passer. Like his arm is okay, like it's like it's good enough, but he just feels pedestrian. He just feels like pedestrian good to me, as opposed to yeah, I'm gonna pay this guy like he's a top five quarterback good. 
And and like if he can't make it work with a guy who gets open in unconventional ways, that says a lot about him. Now, Od- Odell, the culpability that Odell has to take is the drops. Now, I will say this. I'm not as gung-ho about drops as other people are because guys are going to drop passes. It, 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 it matters what you do um, positively to offset that because, yo, some guys are going to drop passes. Terrell Owens dropped a ton of passes, and he's one of the top five better receivers of all time. And, and, and I, I'll make an example specific to me. Brandon Marshall in 2015 had the best wide receiver season I have seen from a Jet, from a jet player in my life, right? Not that that's saying a whole lot because the Jets' offenses have been miserable for the majority of my existence, but that's neither here nor there. He had, whatever, 1,500 yards and, like, 13 touchdowns. Brandon Marshall dropped a critical pass pretty much every week. Like, I don't know what PFF or any of websites have to say about his drops or how many he dropped that year. I don't really care. I saw it. Like, he dropped a critical pass every week. Like, it felt like there was at least one third-down pass that Brandon Marshall would drop every single week. But, bro, if he has 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns, you're going to be an irrational bozo getting mad over the drop. Like, he he did way more positive to out, to, to outweigh that. The problem with Odell is his drop rate, I believe, was he was dropping 10% of the targets he got. Like, that's not good when you're not getting that many of them. That's the problem. So, yeah, he has to take his culpability for drops. But if he's open all the time and he's not getting targeted, that's not about him. That's mostly not about him. Yes, he has to take culpability for the drops. Odell's hands uh, Odell's hands have gotten increasingly shaky since he left New York, okay? I understand that. Like when you get when you're getting targeted 5 6 times a week, those drops kill you more. I get it. I understand that. He has to take culpability for that. Hopefully he goes to a location where either A he deals with the drop issues or B he 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 is in a position where he's he can do enough to outweigh the fact that he drops pass. He's going to drop pass. You're going to get that with Odell. That's what, that's, what, that's what he's going to do. So, yeah, both of them are to blame. I think Baker more so than, than Beckham. But, like, I can't even necessarily blame Be- um, Baker for just being himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, they kind of try- they, they, they gave Baker a, a new toy that he couldn't play with. Like he just he couldn't make it work with with Odell because you know the freelance, off script kind of stuff, imprecise kind of stuff is just not Baker's game. I think that that is a warning sign. We'll see what happens with it. He said that I ruined their chances. So for me, it was contradictory to say that you didn't need me to play in the Super Bowl and win it, but then. I prevented you guys from running it back. So you didn't need me then, so why would you need me to run it back? For me, I felt like it was Bush League to me, to be honest. Like, Baker sure looked good yesterday against against the Bengals as he led the Browns to 40-plus points, and they won convincingly, and you know everybody's in the right place and all of that. And, I mean, that's cool. Like, Browns fans were getting their jokes off. Anti-Odell people were getting their jokes off. Good, enjoy. But... In the playoffs, if he does the same shit he did last year, I don't want to hear silence. Because what I've heard for the, for the last year about Baker Mayfield as far as his playoff performance is radio silence. And we wouldn't get that if other people were to do that same exact thing. <coughs> Lamar Jackson. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? So just just keep it consistent. Keep, keep, you know, bring the megaphone out if he stinks again in the postseason. All right. So Aaron Rodgers. All right. I'm not going to go too deep into the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Um... 
because quite frankly, I'm tired of having conversations about anti-vaccine, uh, anti-vaxxers, because if you're going to be an anti-vaxxer, you're going to be an anti-vaxxer. There's nothing that I'm going to tell you that's going to change your mind. And quite frankly, it, it's been a two-year saga. I mean, granted, the vaccine part has been like a year long or six months. It's been close enough to a year, whatever. But it's a tired topic. And it's unfortunate. But Aaron Rodgers went on Pat, Ma- Pat McAfee's show midweek, or Friday, rather, Friday. And, it, it, like, I was watching it unfold in real time on Twitter, and every single quote was worse than the last. Like, he, he quoted MLK. Like, he... He, he, he's getting medical consultation from the former host of fucking Fear Factor. Like, there's just a lot going on that I'm not going to get into. But just know that the laughs were had, and we and we all pointed and we laughed at... Well, not we all, but most of us pointed and laughed at Aaron Rodgers. And also, I, I have never heard somebody say, I'm a free thinker and not be a moron. Like, it happens every time, bro. Like, I'm a free thinker. I don't think like y'all. Every single time, it's a moron. Like, Every time. And Aaron Rodgers is no different. Now, I will say this. Um, they lost yesterday to the Chiefs 13-7, to right? Um, Jordan Love looked awful. For the most part, just he looked awful. Like, the game plan didn't look a whole lot better, but I understand that. He's in his first start, blah, blah, blah. Like, the Chiefs were running that, that modified engage eight, basically the entire, the, for three quarters of the game, Jordan Love couldn't do nothing with it. It, it was just, it, it was a bad look, especially given that you traded up for this dude. It's not his first start. I mean, it is his first start, excuse me. It's not his first year. Like, he had a year to sit and watch. Um, you tra- Again, you trade up for him. Like, and the Packers, this is not Zach Wilson's Jets or Trevor Lawrence's Jaguars or Justin Fields' Bears. Like, this is a team built to succeed regardless of who the quarterback is. Like, as long as you are competent. And I know Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but the drop-off here was steep. And, like, the Chiefs' defense has stopped nobody all year. And, it like, it took the Packers, what, 54 minutes to score? It was just, it was all bad. But I say all that to say this. Aaron Rodgers saw all of that shit happen in practice. He saw Jordan Love do all that bullshit in practice. He's seen all that bullshit in practice for a year and a half now. And he still played that that game with the vaccine as far as not getting it, knowing if he didn't, he could be out a game, could be out two games. He is the world's worst teammate, okay? I'll say it. He is the world's worst teammate. Yes, this is hyperbole. Please don't come after me for saying that. This is hyperbole. But he is the world's worst teammate. Like, you saw that and you still do, you still played that game. And now look. The Packers were in contention for home field. I mean, they're, they still technically are, but they're not, what, a game behind the Cardinals? Like, they were, and I mean, home field might not even matter to the Packers anyway, but whatever. They're in contention for home field. Everything was going great. They won seven straight, and now look. Rodgers might have to miss time. Excuse me, he missed time. He might have to miss, he might have to miss another game, depending on his status, his, his um, COVID-related status. But I mean, he's the like. It's like we we gave Kyrie a lot of shit, and I'm not here to play the well. You guys didn't give Rogers shit, and you gave Kyrie shit, and da 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 da. And it, like the context around both are different. Number one and number two, Aaron Rodgers has been getting dunked on for what four days now. Like I, he's been getting dunked on relentlessly. So I'm not really here to play that card. 
But like Rogers, like Rogers is every bit the, the teammate that Kyrie is, or we think Kyrie is. Like he's doing the same shit over a shot, and it's probably even worse in Rogers' case because you only have seventeen games. You, you you don't have eighty two games, and in Kyrie's case, if he was to say get vaccine in March, nobody would care. He would just come back for the playoff run. Nobody would care. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna do that. Nobody knows what the fuck Kyrie's gonna do. But all I know is that Rogers is an awful teammate. Okay, like there ain't no way. If Jordan Love came out there and 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 balled or 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 just played a competent football game, I wouldn't be saying any of this. I would have left the topic alone. But watching Jordan Love play, and I know Rodgers knows this shit because he's there at practice and he sees it. And he still, he still fucked, he still fucked his teammates over, for lack of a better way to put it, by doing what the fuck he was doing with the vaccine. Being a fucking anti-vaxxer. And apparently he's quote-unquote immunized against a fucking disease that he now has. So, we'll see if he plays next week. But... Rodgers has been getting dunked on for four days and he deserves every bit of it. And he deserves even more after watching that performance yesterday because he cost his team. Period. He cost his team. Shit, he cost the viewers. Like, that, that's less important here. But he cost the viewers a Rodgers-Mahomes matchup. And we might never get one of those. Because every time that they're slated to play, somebody's hurt or, in this case, somebody diseased. All right? He, he cost us that. And he cost his team a game... Maybe two if he misses the next one too. Because based on what we know now, Jordan Love ain't it. Like obviously, obviously things can change, and I'm not trying to sit here and say this man's career is doomed based on one start. But that one start was whew, not good, bro. Not good. Not good. But um, I mentioned I mentioned Matthew Stafford earlier, so let, let let's get into Matthew Stafford a little bit. I have, I have a really a relatively unpopular opinion about Matthew Stafford. First of all, he he stunk yesterday. He looked like Lion Stafford. Like I'm talking about bad Lion Stafford. Let me start. Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. All right, I understand that. I said this earlier. He's a good quarterback, right? The the thing with Stafford that's always bothered me, and it just becomes worse when you look at how certain quarterbacks are covered as opposed to others, is that he is the only number one pick quarterback who can have that career and and. Everybody blames everybody else for his um, shortcomings. It's one thing if he made the playoffs seven times. Like, all right, whatever. Like, he made the playoffs twice. They they had like a eight and fifty nine record versus winning team or something like that. Bro, that can't be everybody else and not him. It just can't be. It cannot be. In a sport where quarterback is king, and quarterback is arguably the most important position in, in professional sports, right? I don't think that that's some controversial take. It arguably is. It, you, you can't go to the playoffs twice in 12 fucking years and then you tell me it's about everybody else but him. I'm not saying it's just him. Please understand me. I'm not saying it's just him. I'm saying he was not a tier one quarterback who was just a victim of his surroundings. And I, I still don't think he's a, he's a tier one quarterback, even if he's playing like it. Matthew Stafford is having a lot of success in a system that made generational wealth for Jared Goff. Jared fucking Goff. And we, we all see, and we've all seen for a while now that Jared Goff stinks. And yet over a four-year period, uh, Sean McVay coaxed like 110 touchdowns and 30 interceptions out, out of Jared Goff. Over a four-year period. Like, yes, Matthew Stafford is an upgrade over Jared Goff, uh, Jared Goff, a significant one. 
how much that really means as far as like when you look at him in a vacuum. I don't fucking know. I'm not here to say he's an elite quarterback. Is he playing at an elite level? Sure. Not arguing that. Do I think he's an elite quarterback? No, I don't. And no, I don't think that he was just some victim of his surroundings in Detroit. I thought I think in a lot of cases he didn't help the cause. All the backbreaking interceptions, backbreaking turnovers, all of that shit wasn't about his surroundings. It was about him. So, but with that said, um, his MVP, his MVP candidacy took a little bit of a hit. It's November eighth. Realistically, it's not worth. It's not even worth talking about. But it's 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 something. It's just something to talk about. Like it's a fun topic. But realistically, the, it, it could change fifteen times between now and fuck in January. Okay, so like it, it ain't even worth talking about. But like he got undressed on national TV by the Titans, and the Titans defense ain't exactly knocking nobody's socks off. They've been better recently. I give them credit, but they're not exactly knocking anybody's socks off. And yet, Matthew Stafford threw a pick on, on, on a, he was getting tackled near the end zone. Um, Terry Terry McCollin, um, the former ref who who does work for NBC now. He said if he would have just taken the sack based on where the ball was when when the action of the sack started, it would not have been a safety. He would have been at the one-yard line. But it becomes funnier when you realize that Stafford threw it in an area where there were none of his receivers anyway. So if he thought there was going to be a safety based on how he was being sacked, there was still going to be a safety because it would have been intentional grounding in the end zone. So then he threw a pick that led to seven points in the very next play. They get the ball back, he throws a pick six. Like, that's Stafford. Like, Stafford's going to do shit like that. He's going to... And, and it rears its ugly head against the better teams. That's it. Like, because we're looking at now, Arizona, he wasn't very good. Tennessee, he wasn't very good. Tampa Bay, he lit up. Okay, cool. I, I'm not going to act like I know the rest of the schedule off the top of my head. I do not. But, like, th- that's what it is. Stafford's going to do shit like that against the better teams. I'm not saying that they can't win with Matthew Stafford. That's not true. They Again, they reached the Super Bowl with Jared fucking Goff. Nobody would be surprised if they won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. That somehow being vindication for, for Stafford's top five, he was just trapped on a losing team, is weird to me. Because again, being better than Jared Goff isn't some fucking, isn't, isn't some fucking shining achievement. Everybody's better than Jared Goff, bro. I'm better than Jared Goff. Everybody better than Jared Goff, bro. My grandmama better than Jared Goff, man. Everybody better than Jared Goff. But besides that, like, he's had a stellar season. So, like, I don't want to sound like too much of a hater. I guess I already have. So, I, I guess that, that that ship has sailed. But, like, Stafford has always been overrated to me. Always been. Like, he's like this idea that he's a victim of his surroundings and nothing is his fault has always been wild to me. Because, bro, Lamar Jackson throws two bad passes, and we got to hear articles. <laughs> Have they figured him out? What, what's going on? Aaron Rodgers goes through an entire playoff game. They give up 50 points. How come Aaron Rodgers can't win? Matthew Stafford plays 12 years in one place, gets to the playoffs twice. <laughs> That's just everybody else's fault. That makes no sense to me. But shouts to the Titans. I mean, I, I would push my... Are you sure that Derrick Henry is the most valuable player on that team agenda? But the Titans offense didn't do anything, so I can't do that today. But good win for them. They're a very good team. And I don't think they're being talked about enough, especially if their defense is going to play like that. Um, speaking of Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson had another stellar comeback uh, stellar comeback win against the Vikings yesterday where he just 
he gets it done, man. Like, I, there's been a lot of narratives around Lamar Jackson, about Lamar Jackson, over the last, whatever, three years. And the goalposts always seem to move. Like, when he when he does X that you said he couldn't do, then the goalposts move to Y. When he says y, when he does Y that you said he couldn't do, then the goalposts move to Z, etc. on and on and on. But one of them was, he, he, he can't lead comebacks. He can't lead comebacks. I, I think he's led four double-digit comebacks already this year. And the Ravens have won six games. Now, on the flip side, it probably would do them some good if they, if they stopped doing that. If they stopped falling behind so far that... Like leave the, the the heroic performances for for the playoffs. It shouldn't take heroic performances to beat the Colts and the Vikings, and it did. But it should. Either way, to me, Lamar Jackson the MVP of the league. Um, he the the Ravens defense isn't very good. The Ra- he is the Ravens running game. He is the Ravens passing game. And he does both at a very very high level. Like they're six and two, they have, they have no real business being six and two. They're not that good. Lamar elevates that team in a way that nobody else elevates their team in in, in the NFL right now. Like to like whether you want you want to look at statistics, the argument can be made, right? You want to look at strictly value and how subjective the V is in MVP. I think Lamar checks all of those boxes when you look at what he's doing for that team. And how reliant they are on him for offense. So I think he's the MVP of the league. So to date, obviously things can change. Because I mean, the Bengals looked like they were on their way two weeks ago, and then since then they made Mike White look like 2004 Tom Brady, and and made Baker Mayfield look like 2007 Tom Brady. So so since then they've gotten stomped twice. Think the NFL is a weekly game, and in a league with with so much parity at the moment. Anything can change from week to week. Everything can change from week to week. Like, it, it's a good time to be an NFL fan because there's no clear dominant team. Like, between Tom Brady's greatness and his his four leaf clover, his perpetual four leaf clover, I still don't think anybody's going to beat the Bucks, and I believe it when I see it. But, I mean, the Bucks just lost to a team quarterback by Trevor Simeon. And granted, that that same team then lost to the Falcons the next week. But that's the thing that happened. There's no clear-cut dominant team right now. There are good ones, and then there's a lot of eh, there's a lot of average ones. There's a lot of teams who look good one week and then bad the next. It's, there's a lot of parity in the NFL, lots, and that affects the MVP race too because there's a lot of standout individual talents, but. There's also those standout individual talents who then have poop games, and then uh, they fall down the the, the the imaginary MVP ladder. Like you know Stafford yesterday, um, Brady the week before that. I mean, it is what it is on that front, but it's it's, it's it was a wacky week, man. Because a lot of underdogs won, um, like. The, the people who gamble out there, I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't a fun week for them because, I mean, the Giants won, the Browns won. Those are both underdogs. The Broncos smoked the fucking Cowboys. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a fun week. The Cardinals beat the fucking 49ers with, with nobody, um, with nobody healthy, really. Like, Kyler was out. DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins was out. Watt is out for the season, as you know. A.J. Green was out. 
and they still beat the 49ers in convincing fashion behind James Conner going full Earl Campbell on the 49ers. So, I mean, at the moment, we will see. It was another exciting week of NFL football. Um, but before I get out of here, I'd like to implore you to listen to the Middle Initial Podcast with myself, Jude A. Jackson, and Andrew L. Case as we discuss current NFL topics. And and Fly Fantasy Unmuted, we release every Wednesday. It's myself and Drew A. Cam as we discuss current fantasy football topics. Rate, review, and subscribe for those podcasts and this one. I will see you when I see you. If a day, same shit ain't nothing good in the hood. I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could. Need to love it, the underdogs on top. And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stops.